Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that goes to the cinema every week, sees usually about three things, if we can get it, if they actually av- if there's actually three things available to see in the cinema, um, um, rates them out of five, stays at home, watches a couple of things on Netflix, rates them out of five, comes together, takes an average and asks ourselves the, the question, where was our money better spent this week? Joining me as always from the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bolin. Hello. And Sean Harris. Oh yeah. Hi. So yeah, I think it's it's I think it's a key thing to say because with this podcast, I think even in the in this last week, I'm not sure if you saw the news that um, Empire Cinemas have gone into administration, going along with Cineworld Cinemas, we have gone into administration. Well, I hadn't read that. Yes, Uh-oh. yeah. It's a story. It's a story. I think if you look, oh, we shared it from our Twitter page, from our Netflix via Cinema um, Twitter page. And one of the things that they complained about on it, and they complained about, they were like, oh, it's, it's streaming. It's because of streaming. These people are just sitting at home streaming. They're not coming to the cinema. And I was like, uh, and I, I was just like, man, it makes makes what we're talking about a lot more, <laughs> a lot more poignant. pertinent. Yeah, a lot more poignant. Thank you, Sean. Very good word. A lot more poignant that we're that what we're talking about because we do this and we have this conversation all the time. And I actually wrote in the in the tweet that we put out, so just sort of saying. Yeah, you could sit down there and say, oh, streaming, what are we going to do? But at the same time, cinemas need to do more to encourage people to leave the house. You need to do more to make it say it's going to be worth it to leave your house and pay us all this money. Because A, it's way too expensive. And B, apart from seeing it on a much bigger screen, the cinema needs to highlight more what its benefit is. But anyway, uh, yes. (laughs) But 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 well, anyway, I was, what I was going to say is that we are pertinent. We are important. <laughs> we are. We are. Yes, and hopefully we will get we will get featured on Amazon Prime or, or Prime Music or oh yeah, Amazon one Music. Yeah, one of those. Well, yeah, because uh, I'm not sure if you saw that I applied for the thing. Um, we we yeah, yeah. we host a yeah. podcast on a thing called Pinecast, and Pinecast has a link with Amazon Music. Where they're going to feature some things that have to do with music or t- no, it have to do with TV or film or anything like that. And I was like, "That's us! Look at us! We are exact. We are pertinent. If you don't choose us, what are you doing? A cinema just closed. This is what we're talking about." But anyway, if our numbers don't go up, there's not going to be nobody hear me rant. So we can say whatever we want anyway. But <laughs> but let's carry on because we know we have to finish at seven. We have we have less than an hour to do this this week. And we have, talking about things that we can see at the cinema, we have managed to get around to two things this cinema. And the cinema champion, the bastion, the last man on the ship when the ship goes down will be Sean Harris. (laughs) (laughs) It will be Sean Harris. Yeah, it it should have been three, but I I ended up working a bit late because I was going to go and see Insidious, but I didn't, the times didn't sort of match up. So I was hoping to do three. It should have been three because I was hoping to see Elemental, but then I ended up spending like most of this week on a motorway so <laughs> so yeah so unfortunately sean i couldn't come and give you a hand in the cinema stakes not, but tell us sean, so sean tell us what what did you see at in, at the cinema this week okay so i was over on the mainland and i went to that the, obviously cine world they have unlimited uh, unlimited screenings and yep. this was a this was a secret screening now i think the cine world at port used to be funny enough it used to be an empire cinema anyway the screen this was showing at was oh tozing it was massive it was huge it's like ah oh, knock knock screen one on the Isle of Wight into 
comparison, you know, it must have yeah, been yeah, like yeah. The, the biggest, I reckon. It was like yeah. being in one of those big London. Anyway, big theatre, got a long story short. So that was an unlimited screening and it was fairly well packed. It wasn't at the end, but um, so I might give you some insight. <laughs> but, um, anyway, and the film was the film was called Joyride. And Joy. then, yeah, and then uh, and the other film that I watched was Mission Impossible. Mission uh, Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part One. Reckoning, that's it. Yeah, Part One. Yeah. Can we add any more words to this title of this film? <laughs> <laughs> Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part One: The Unbearable Lightness of Being. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, all right, all right. So, okay, we'll we'll go into those. And Sharon, what did you see at home? I have seen at home a film called Living, starring Bill Nye. Living with Bill Nye, and I saw something on Disney Plus called Kizazi Moto. So, um, let us kick off with no further ado. Let us kick off with Sean. You get dealer's choice. What do you want to go with first? Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, The Unbearable Lightness of Being, or Joyride? <laughs> let's, let's do Joyride, because that's sort of... Uh, I, I, I can't... I try to remember. Okay, so... Anyway, so... I'm in the big cinema. Big cinema. Nice, lush cinema. Nice, big seats. Big, but not too bad a seat. Um, yep. Uh, and, and a big, nice curved screen thinking, oh, I'm in for a treat. I'm in for a treat. This is proper cinema. This is like... like, And it opens up, and it's film comes on and it's called joyride basically to put it's done by the guy i think who did crazy rich asians or because it's a similar sort of cast and basically it's a girl's hangover with with asian girls right okay so basically sure, anyway. you know it's, it's crazy right i was going to say almost exactly those words <laughs> because i've seen the trailer and i was going to say that this just seems to be hangover with east asian yeah. women in east, china yeah that's it yeah china so um, yeah, so basically what it is, uh, the main character is trying to be, um, she, she wants to get a partner in this law firm and she's got to close a deal with a Chinese businessman. So she needs to go to China and she's got a best friend goes with her and she's meeting uh, another friend that she went to college with that is actually a soap opera star in China itself. Oh, yeah. And her mates and this other, uh, should we say, tomboyish, like, other lady um and that so the three of them go off and they meet the other one over there i have to say actually when the film started when the film started the first bit of the sign it was the two of the girls as children and oh yeah 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 and the family turn up and they go oh you know it's all white people and that and and then they say oh would you like to meet this korean family um and then this other people and they they've actually fostered they've actually adopted a chinese girl and they meet yeah. two girls Sort of wander off in the playground and this boy comes up and he's going you're not allowed on the swings blah 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 and one of them goes smack and just levels him and then they go she goes do you want to be best friends and it was like yeah let's be best friends and then it they you get like a little montage of them growing up getting older uh, and I, I think i think everything you said so far i like to point out is in the trailer yes exactly yeah yeah no that's what i mean yeah definitely definitely in the trailer i'm not i'm not like gonna do too many spoilers yeah, yeah, yeah. that's probably if you've seen the trailer i uh, should imagine you've probably seen the best bits but um it, it, it had <laughs> it had that feel about it it yeah, had yeah, that yeah. feel about it it had that feel like all the jokes are actually in the trailer and there's nothing left there's nothing else left and some of the jokes i have to be i have to be honest with you i like the idea of this film i like the idea that well we're going to do some like that 
see different people from different races on the screen and in different yeah, yeah, yeah. sorts of... I like the idea, but I was looking at the trailer going, I don't think this is going to be that good. They, it, it feels like they put all the jokes in the in the trailer and they're not that funny. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, that, that's a lot to do with it. And it's also, it's really for... It's really crude. It's really sexual. Yeah. There's a lot of swearing, a lot to do with... Well, I don't know. It's like... There's just, anyway, I won't. I won't say things. They put. They have. They have to put things in places that you wouldn't normally put. That things is also like, in the trailer. That's in the trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also so, the, so, so, yeah. So anyway, they go off. They. It's a general thing. They go off. They have a good time. They meet loads of people. They get. Um, you know, they get drunk. They have thing. They have rows. They get upset. You think, oh yeah, well this is it. You know, they all sort of go their own ways for a little while and. Um, you know, you think, yeah, well, they're all going to get back. It's going to be a nice thing at the end. But, yeah, I found this. It was really, really funny because through this movie, people were actually started off with, like, I remember this was old couple. They must have been, well, older than me. And they, you could see them just wander out. You know, they obviously had, had enough. <laughs> and, then you, and then you saw some others. You saw some others get up and go and think, oh, we're not, we're not enjoying this. Um, <laughs> Perhaps it might too, but but it was just funny to see, and I thought I can understand why because I was finding it just really too over the top. I mean, for me, you know, I I don't know, I, I don't know what it was about this film, but it just was. Did you say, Shawnee, that this is a secret screening, so you didn't know what you were going to get till you got there? I didn't know, no, I didn't know what, but I probably so, would have. Yeah, been... that's why I think people walk out because if they they're yeah. thinking. I wouldn't have yeah. paid to see this normally. So, like, it's going to be a big like one. It's going to be... If it was like Oppenheimer or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually tempted to go there to see Oppenheimer because it was such a lovely screen. But um, uh, yeah. But anyway, back to the back to the, the back to this film. Yeah, it was just it was really crude. It was. I was hoping it would be. You know, it, it didn't even have moments. It didn't even have moments. Right. Any. It didn't have. I suppose the very beginning was the only redeeming quality for me it was pretty crude pretty awful swearing um and you know there was some scenes that they weren't graphic but there were some sex scenes which were like you know there's as we say basketball teams turn oh anyway there's loads of um it's just like why would yeah. you put that on there why do i want to see that you know and, and they'll maybe it's, maybe we're just getting old but it might be a young <laughs> young might be a young person's person's time so um yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but so it was just funny to see these people getting up and slowly, different, you know, slowly. different people getting up and exiting the exiting the cinema. So, so yeah. So that was that was it. You don't know what you're going to so, get. So okay. So percentage wise, how how let's say you had a hundred percent of the beginning of people watching this film. How yeah. many people do you reckon you had? What percentage do you reckon you had at the end when when I'd the film say, finished? I would say probably eighty percent. So that's probably so about twenty percent left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, 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 80% stayed to the end. Yeah. So, and I, but I did see where I was sat, there was a couple, they were young, mind you, looked like the university, but and they were laughing. I was like, really? That's yeah. funny. Oh, but, okay. you know, so, maybe, maybe I'm just looking at this the wrong way because where yeah. I was sat was sort of, sort of, there was a gap, and then there was this couple to come in sat the other side. Well, I like the, the table bit, but. Well, um, well, well, I guess it's, it's one of those. It's okay. It's it's one of these things because, like you, were, we were talking about this film earlier, and I was, so, was, I was, I saw the trailer, and I kind of thought, I don't think I'm going to get on with this film, and no. uh, I was like, I, I, I honestly, I honestly, thought, I don't think I'm going to get on with this film. I don't feel it's going to, be, and it's a pity because there's good people in it, mainly Stephanie Sue. 
Stephanie yeah. Sue, who was in Everything Everywhere All at Once, and also in uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I like her a lot as a performer. And she's the one who has stuff stuck up somewhere in a what looks like a rice field <laughs> somewhere in, in the film. And, and it, it, I was just looking at going, uh, you haven't made me want to watch this film. I mean, I think I would... I, the, the trailer really did not make me want to watch this film. It, it, it did... I mean, they have one bit where they where they pretend to be K-pop stars or anything like that, yeah, and I just yeah, kind of thought, it. yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, to try and get through. Yeah, and yeah. and and this this looked like a com- combination of a couple of different things. Like you said, the Hangover, like doing Hangover in China with East Asian women, number one, and number two, it looked like it would have almost exactly the same plot as well that Eighty for Brady film, because Eighty oh, for what? yeah. Eighty for Brady film. Eighty for Brady has almost an exact same scene where they pretend to be Lady Gaga backup dancers to get into a place, and this one they're trying to be K-pop stars, and it, it just it just felt a bit tired. It felt it, it felt it felt a bit tired. It felt like the kind of comedy that you would make in the eighties, and everybody would be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But now they don't seem to have had anything to add since the eighties. So yeah, unfortunately, everything you said has sort of confirmed all my fears. Yeah. So, okay, so how many stars for Joyride? Uh, I, you know, I'm trying to find something, some redeeming qualities about it. Um, I don't know if I can, so I'm going to, this is going to, oh, sorry, cinema. So sorry, cinema. But for me personally, it's going to be a one. You hear that, Joyride? Oh, you are sorry. the reason that, you're the reason that Empire Cinemas has gone into administration. <laughs> <laughs> you and you alone. It is your fault. It was, oh, I, I so wish, I, I tell you, I don't know if Sharon would have, but I would have loved to have seen this with Sharon because I'm sure we would have, I'm sure we would have looked at each other. We would have hated it together. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, we, yeah, we would love, <laughs> we love company. <laughs> Both of us would have looked at each other and gone, really? We would have gone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we would have had a bodies, bodies, bodies moment where we were yeah, exactly right. A bodies, really? yeah. I, I'm just going to mention that, like bodies. That's why I say perhaps as a young, be a young person. You know, the yeah. young people, they, they probably enjoy it because uh, I mean, uh, the bodies, bodies, bodies. The two youngsters only come out and said, "Oh, I didn't. I think it's too bad." But yeah, I think I think I've had to come up. I've, I've had to come up with the come to the conclusion that yeah, that's I, I've gone to that stage as well, where I'm just kind of like, you know what. Don't think it was for me. It's <laughs> some things are not made for me, and it's okay. I hope they find enough people who like it to keep cinemas open. But okay, so now we go over to Netflix and Friends, and we are going to talk Disney Plus, and I'm going to talk about a TV show called Kizazi Moto in colon Generation Fire, and this is it seems to be something in the water. You know how we were talking about um, Star Wars Visions the other day, Sean, and we we're mm-hmm, talking yep. about Star, Star Wars Visions, and it was a that how it was kind of like Love, Death, and Robots, but in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And Kizazi Moto follows the same idea in that it is an anthology. It's all these 10-minute short things, but it's all animation houses from Africa. So, so it's all African animation houses telling 10-minute sci-fi African stories. And, yeah, and, and so I think... With, with because of the way the film thing is and with animation, it's mostly going to be South Africa. That that's like the main point. But there's some stories from Kenya. There's one from Nigeria. So so this this was this intersects with a lot of things that I love. Africa represented on screen, animation. I'm like yes, the future. No, so you have all these all these different ideas of what like you know what a sci-fi future could look like in in um in Africa. So the, the first one I think is called. Um, the oh the herd boy a herder boy herder boys 
And it's all about these people who are herding cattle. But it's like this also futuristic cattle that the antlers grow and then these sort of crystals grow off the antlers. But there's these things that they call spirits that sort of attack the cattle. And there's a kid who wants to come up there and he wants to help his sister fight off these things and actually look after the cattle and all that. But it's like, a, um, but you have these, but it's like it's, a small boy, a small boy. Small yeah, a small brother. boy, a small boy who sort of like stowed away with them when they went out there to go to go so sort of graze the cattle and wants to be with them and all that. But one of them, one of these people who's herding the cattle is a robot. And it's like the design of it and everything. And there's some things about it that I looked at and I went, yes, that is actually quite African. Like the the guy who is the big, who you know, who's supposed to be the muscle. He's right. not always one, of, always one of them. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to be the muscle. But the difference here is that the guy who's supposed to be the muscle is not like ripped with a six pack. He's big with a pot belly, <laughs> which, which I'm kind of like, yes, I did grow up looking like that. You know, people with a pot belly, it was not something to be sort of like, you know, going, oh, like, well, why aren't you buff? It was like, no, he could probably kick my butt. But so, so, so you have all these different things and some of them take things from, from like, you know, African myths. Some of them go like into the future. There's one of them about surfing off the coast of like what happens in the future and it, it, it uh, they uh, because they're 10 minutes sometimes they can be a bit disjointed because you know you don't, you don't have 10 minutes to tell a story you're going in there you're jumping out you're not really and you're like oh i'm not sure what i'm supposed to connect to is it supposed to be just like the visuals is it supposed to be the story is that supposed to make sense but as a whole i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the i think some of the stories are great it's great seeing some of the some of the talents that is in Africa, in different areas, there's, oh, there's a Kenyan story. Oh, there's a Kenyan story. And even, I mean, even down to the way the characters are drawn, I really, really like. Like, I remember there was a time, while, there was a while back, um, Sharon, when you you reviewed a film called The Broken Hats Gallery. Yes. Which star, stars a woman called Geraldine Viswanathan. And you were talking about, you were praising the fact that she was cast as a lead role because she doesn't have, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what you said, but pretty much the body shape that you would expect to have, like, you know, the lead in a romantic comedy to have. And, yeah. and especially because it's animation, bear in mind that it's animation and you can draw whatever body shape you want. The fact that these women have, look more human, like, like they have hips, let me put it that way. They have hips, yeah. they have hips. There's a bit, there's a, and I'm just kind of like this, I am liking some of the, the factors that come in here, which is kind of Africa, this is the way we see the world. These are the things that we value. And I was like, yes, I am loving it. Not all the stories work, but as this thing existing, as a representation of something, as saying, okay, we've had Love, Death and Robots, we've had Star Wars visions, and now we're going to have like a whole bunch of African animation shows to show you what there is. I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant. I'll give it a four out of five. And I don't, um, and I can't particularly, it's a bit like when you're trying to review a comedy. I don't want to go in there and say, oh, well, yeah, this one happens or that one happens or this, this, this. But I just thought that generally speaking, the stories were great. I thought that I thought that the the animation was great. And I thought that the 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 view of how people saw their own places was 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 cool although there are some things that seem to just keep popping up in sci-fi whenever you have one of these sort of sci-fi anthologies it seems like it is it is it is written in the stars that one of these must be around a race there must be a race because in this in the future sci-fi stuff all we're we're all going to be racing there's always going to be a race and one of them is built around a race so um four out of five of kizazi moto generation fire find it on disney plus i would really, really recommend it um, they're only 10 minutes each, and I think there's about, I think there's 10 of them. 
there's 10 of them in which is which what i hope is the first season because i want to see more um especially and a yeah, big shout out for moremi which is the one that's set in nigeria and it's set around the the kingdom of ife which is one of our historical kingdoms that existed before well before stuff. yeah before we know what before stuff. yeah before be, before stuff happened to africa and they decided <laughs> that these someone showed them and went these are countries <laughs> but anyway four stars for kizazi motor generation Brilliant. And now let's go on to let's go back to cinema and let's go to Mission Next. Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So yes, that's the one. That's the yeah, so, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So so Sean, you saw this, and I know I that you we, we last week when we were talking about Indiana Jones, we we kicked up by talking about the baggage we bring to an Indiana Jones movie. And I know, like, for instance, with you, there's a couple of things I know. If a film stands Stanley Tucci, I know you're going to bring bag baggage to it. If it's, if it's a Fast and Furious movie, you're going to bring baggage to it. And also, if it stars Tom Cruise, you are going to bring baggage to it. Especially yeah. as, as you and I are probably seemingly the only people in the world who thought that the last Mission Impossible movie, Fallout, was vastly, vastly overrated. Yes, yes, yes. I have to, so, yeah, definitely fall yes. out, yeah. Yeah, and so... I think yeah. So yeah, so yeah. so come on, tell me about Dead Reckoning Part One. Okay, well, obviously I'm going with a load of baggage this because you you know our thoughts on the other one. Um, yeah. Was 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 the what was the one with the helicopters as well? I can't remember. That, that was Fallout. Fallout was the one. Fallout was one the heli the helicopter and Henry Cavill. Man, it's hard That's saying it. those two things in a sentence. They both start with <laughs> H. <laughs> okay, so so this is this is the next the next instalment of the uh, of the franchise and. Um, Basically, it's a story. There's this um, artificial intelligence, which has become not quite sentient, but it can work through through one of the other people, and it's become. And so the governments are getting really, really worried about this. So uh, they decide that they're they're basically what it is. It's a there's two bits of a key. There's two bits of a key. So the prologue. There's two keys which can can open this secret to control the the artificial intelligence control the entity it's called the entity i seem to yeah. remember it's called the entity and so it's it's like these two bits so it's similar similar vein some of the time where you know that they, they change hands these bits of keys change hands and they get the key and then they change back again and that you've got a pickpocket you've got he teams up with his normal team you know um right and it's got the uh car chase you know the obligatory car chase <laughs> but, but yeah right okay yeah no hey 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 Hey, we, we, we're going in a different way here. I thought this car chase, motorbike Ooh. chase, everybody chasing, was slightly better than what I had oh. seen. Oh, and okay. Now, for you, me, for, yeah, go on. For, you'd say, I was going to say, you, if you're listening to this for the first time, you might not realize the significance of what just happened. <laughs> Sean hates car chases. Sean thinks car chases are one of the worst things to happen to action cinema in the history of ever. So for Sean to, yeah, it's okay, except, yeah, except Baby Driver. So, and that one in Incredibles too. You like that one in Incredibles yeah, too. Yeah. But it's, but it, so for you to say that you thought it wasn't that bad means that this must have really been pulling out all of the stops. Well, I mean, let's just say, it's, it's, I mean, it normally happens it happens in many car chases, in many films, driving to, into oncoming traffic, yeah? Yeah. So driving into oncoming traffic, 
and for some you know you go in at speed and if you drive into uncommon traffic you know and they'll go you know what i mean they yeah, 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 yeah. this one smack bang <laughs> yes thank you a bit of realism a bit of something that would happen you know i'm like so i thought oh okay okay this happened and yeah the cars are actually taking the punishment and actually not being you know out of sort of when people do that sliding around the corner you know they're, they're hitting things and they're smashing yeah. things and they're yeah. and the cars and they got a check and i thought wow someone's really thought about this and not you know avoiding every single obstacle there's a little bit like um uh like the italian job where there's like steps and stuff and oh yeah but, and and uh, you know I'll, I'll forgive it i'm gonna forgive this one a little bit but the film on the whole i thought they had really really tried to make this a bit more because let's just say there's some deaths Ooh. there's like oh wow okay Ooh. a bit you know a bit sort of walking daddy type of deaths you know it's like whoa well really okay so, so tune in for for mission impossible they reckon part two the son of ethan hunt the son of ethan hunt yes <laughs> so um so yeah so so there was that scene and i thought yeah yeah okay that that that, that works that's right that's a that's a you know, they went a decent way. Obviously, he does like the leaping from their places um, and leaping yeah, yeah, from yeah, trains, from things, which, yeah. which, which, you know, are a bit, um, you know, wow. But he's Ethan Hunt, and we'd said like an Indiana Jones film, so the, the, the train chase. Yeah, you know, yeah the, the train chase, yeah. That. That's, that's forgivable, you know what I mean? Because it is, I guess there is slightly possible that you could, you know, in, in you know, catch people from falling and stuff and everything falling, like that. you can catch people from a falling off a for, for, of, of, for people falling off a falling train you could catch them yeah. yes yes that sort of thing yeah so there's that sort of thing so yeah so i was this film on the whole i was mildly surprised with i have to say okay i was i was i was yet yeah, it was much better maybe because i'd been because in the past i'd been so disappointed perhaps it was but it just felt this film felt to me like they'd made an effort Looked like it made an effort to not be, yeah, no, it did. It felt that way. I thought, well, they've given it a little bit more thought. And that oncoming traffic, that's a real big bonus for me and destroying stuff and things happening. I'm like, that is what would happen in the car chase. You know, if you, I don't care how sort of speed you go, you're not going to go into four lanes of oncoming traffic at speed and not hit anything. But obviously, obviously, um, Vin Diesel does, you know. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm just, I'm just lacking at the fact that, yeah, that you're kind of like, oh, it seems like they made an effort. Tom Cruise is like, but, but two films ago, I was, I was actually on the side of the Burj Khalifa. You're like, no, it's like <laughs> I, I strapped myself to the outside of a plane. No, nope. yeah, <laughs> I jumped out of a plane and actually did a parachute jump and I filmed it. It was me. That was me. You're like, nope. And then this one, he's like, oh, he crashed the car. He made an effort. Finally, Tom Cruise, <laughs> you finally made an effort. <laughs> you finally made an effort, yeah. So um, finally, it's like, I've been trying to kill myself for like five films. But oh, you finally made an effort. So, so how many stars would you give this one? Okay, well, I'm going to surprise everybody with this one. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this film. I had a really good time. So this is going to be, this might, might be a plus for the cinema, but I'm going to give this one a four star. Big good amazing. stuff good stuff four stars for cinema all right you know uh, because i have been hearing a lot of a lot of the chatter about this film has been like you know the kind of and i and i don't know because it seems like every time a mission impossible movie comes out they one thing i'll give the mission impossible movies is that they 
Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie, they have the scene to decide this thing is about crazy action and crazy stunts and about trying to kill Tom Cruise and him refusing to die. <laughs> that, that, that's what they did. They, they boiled it down to it and said, this is what our Mission Impossible movies are going to be about. And they, and so obviously those are the kind of things that they always may put them in IMAX because they want you to go see them on a big screen. And I, and I think that they're trying very hard to make something that you want to go and see in the cinema, as opposed to something that you could leave and then go watch at home. So, yes. uh, so I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them credit for that. Uh, but every now and then, I think that what happens is because like, you know, we were talking about, we're talking about how we're all a bit worried. We're, we're, we're talking about how we're all a bit worried about cinema. We're not sure what's going to happen. The cinema's going to administration. And I feel every now and then, whenever a Mission Impossible movie comes out, and, it, and I think it happened a bit with Avatar, there seems to be all these people who are reviewing these, who care about cinema, decide, okay, guys, we just need to tell everybody this is good. We just need to tell everybody this is good because then they'll all go watch it in the cinema and then cinemas will, will hang around a little bit longer. So just tell everybody it's good. Just go say it's good. And it seems like there's almost like an unspoken rule that everybody just sort of seems to just say, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Even And, and I think it happened with the last one, Fallout, and I was like, am I being crazy? I don't think this is that good. And But if Sean says that it's good, then I know he doesn't have an axe to grind. I know that he's, he isn't getting paid by anybody yet. We will make this podcast big. <laughs> he's not getting paid by anybody so i feel like okay yeah sean is uh, then this gives me this gives me actual hope that this might actually be a good one i'm not going to walk out of it with a feeling of yeah. yeah why does everybody say that's good it's not that good and i'm guessing it, it ends on a cliffhanger so you have to come back next year for the second one yes what i was going to say i mean i, I don't tell really you that up front. I've, I've not i've not read any views about it or anything but have you, have you seen any reviews you see much on this Yep, yep, I have. And has it been positive? Or it has been generally? overwhelmingly positive. It's been wow. overwhelmingly positive. Uh, but but it seems to be around about what you say, four stars. And people talk about the action and talk about how the action compared to the other ones is not as slick and it's a bit more crunching. So you actually yeah. feel like the one I read on the Empire was talking about that. It feels like you're actually in the action with it. Like they want you to feel every single hit that happens in this film, as opposed to the other ones where it's kind of like, I mean, I guess the worst one was probably Mission Impossible 2, where <laughs> it was all about Tom, Tom Cruise's flowing hair, but never mind. Never mind. So, okay, four stars for Mission Impossible Dead Record. Let's move on and get Sean out of here by seven. So, Sharon, we have Living, Living on Amazon Prime. Tell us about that. Yes, this is a, uh, a film starring principally uh, Bill Nye, and it's a quite a, a simple story. It's more of a thoughtful story. It, um, he is one of these commuters. He commutes to London. This is set, I would say, the it's post-war, but still sort of austerity-looking Britain. So mm. I would probably place the early 50s. It's before the new look, before things started getting a bit glam. It's when people were still struggling. There's still bomb sites around. People were still feeling the after-effects of the war. And you know, there was still rationing, that sort of thing. So there was a, it's firmly set in that early 50s, pre-austerity Britain. And Bill Nye he is, is the head of a department in the council, the town hall. He's the head of the works department. And um, you see him, there's a new, you see that it's through the lens of this new guy who just starts the office, it's his first day at work. And he, they all meet at the train station, but they don't really talk to each other. And there's like a clear hierarchy, even when they get on the train. Um, so like there's, the, there's the, the senior manager of this office is um, played by Bill Nye. He, and, um, he is held in utter respect. You know, he's in awe. He doesn't travel with them. 
when he sits in the office, he's almost like silent and he just sort of like gives them a nod. He, but they all sort of, are they're very much his subordinates. And he's very much of that old school, you know, the sort of the, the pinstripe suit, the hat, it carries the umbrella. And when he walks to work, he, there's like, they always leave like a two second gap. So they don't all walk in together. He walks ahead. Then the next one down walks behind him, but two seconds behind. And then the rest of the, the workers come along. So it's like this quite structured hierarchical society. And then one day he comes home from work and he is given the bombshell by his doctor that he has six months to live. And he then basically has this almost like existential crisis where he decides he wants to work. He wants to find out what it means to be alive and what does he want to do with the next six months of his life, the last six months of his life. And you see him basically in these series of encounters. The first thing he does is basically he sort of bunks off and um, he goes to the seaside and he meets Tom Burke's character. And, and he basically tells Tom Burke, he says, you're the only person I've told, but I've basically got um, six months to live. He goes, well, hello, then well, let's make it a great six months. And so he takes him out on the town, he takes him to the pub, he takes him to not karaoke, but like to this bar where they end up singing and um, to the arcades on the seaside. And he's like going, yeah, and he gets, gets him drunk. And it's like, yeah, this is living. And then um, he, he sort of tries to explore basically uh, what it is he wants to do with his last six months. And there's, he has this one conversation with a young woman who works in his office. And everyone thinks, oh, hello, he's sort of going to start, you know, reliving yeah. his youth by having an affair with a much younger woman. But, and when she says, you know, you're not becoming infatuated with me, are you? And he says, no, 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 it's not like that. When I look at you, I see someone with like a joy for living, this zest for life. And he said, I had that once and I want to know where it went and how do I get it back? And he says, I really, what I, says, what I think of is when you're walking home and you see children playing in the street, they're just like playing, they're free, they're just enjoying it. And then they say, and then their mum comes out and calls them into tea. And he says, and some children, you see them sort of going, oh, they sort of drag themselves in reluctantly because they've just been having a, a riotous time, just kick about or British Bulldog or whatever there is, they're playing outside. And they said, then you see some children who are off on themselves, they're sat by the side of the road, they're not doing nothing, they're just waiting for their mum to call them in. Because I don't want to spend my life being that child, the one who's just waiting for my maker to call me back. <coughs> I want to be the one here that and they're living their life and then when they get called in they're like okay I'll go but they still have a lot to do and he has to decide basically what it is he has to give for the rest of his life and he finds a purpose but I won't tell you what that is um, okay. and so yeah, oh, I really I, liked it can I ask you one thing is, yeah. is there anything like in his past that maybe he was had post-traumatic stress disorder from the war Nothing or anything like, like that, that? Doesn't mention like his, that, so don't yeah, really know. he's of an age where he probably would have been in the First World War in this film, but it's not in referenced this... at all. You see one right. little clip where his son had been in the Second World War and you see him coming home and he's got right. a sort of, not a troubled relationship with his son, but he doesn't want to worry his son. So he doesn't right. actually tell it, his son and his daughter-in-law um, that he's ill at all. He doesn't tell them. Um, and he does share it. He only shares it with a couple of people, literally two people, that he's, he's terminally right. ill. Uh, so, but so, he does find a purpose. Yeah, well, I was going to say, this film was, the, the big headline thing was about, you said it's starring mostly Bill Nye. He was nominated for the Best Actor Oscar. 
And that yeah. was a big thing about this film that everybody said, oh my God, Bill Nye, this is amazing. And I remember when this film was released for a short while in cinemas, there was yeah. a big deal made about it. And it's, it's actually a remake of a Japanese, Japanese film. film. Yeah. A, a Kurosawa film called yeah. Ikuru. And Ikuru. Yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering, Sean, because I know you're a big... Ikuru. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So have you seen Ikuru? Yes, I have. Yes. And it, right, is, cool. it is, it's really good. He's like, um, funny enough, he's, he looks similar to you. He's, he's, he's bald headed. <laughs> yeah. 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 So all shaved, should we say? So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly the character, the play, character who plays him was the guy who played the head of the Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai. Yeah. But I can't, I can't okay. remember his name. I can't remember yeah. his name, but I know he worked a lot with Kurosawa. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So that the was the good... titles, it has that. Yeah. Based on a, a Japanese novel. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can see that sort of quiet dignity about someone who wants to sort of face the end of their life on their own terms, really. Uh, but mm. I liked it. I thought it's easy for this sort of film to become sentimental. And I think they managed to avoid that very neatly. Um, the way they did it was just, I thought, was masterly. Because you're thinking, if you're going to have a sort of story of, effectively about death, then that's a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought it was, I thought they did it, it handled it really well sensitively but really really well yeah um, without sort of sentimentality but you get you get to feel that sort of um that quiet dignity of someone who wants to end their life you know not they're going to not going to hasten their end they're not going to sort of contemplate ending their life but facing their last their last days you know we're thinking right i want to find a purpose for my last days and when he's found it that sort of gives him this sort of you know energy and purpose so i thought it was done really well and the secondary characters like yeah, Tom Burke's only in it for a while, but he sort of breezes in, isn't he? He's one of these like bon vivers almost, I think. You can mm-hmm. see him turning into Brian Blessed maybe in 30 years' time. <laughs> but he has this sort of like, you know, this sort of less death for life, doesn't he? And yeah, so yeah, he yeah. inhabited that sort of character where he's like, you know, uh, Dylan Thomas esque, you know, let's, we know how to end our lives. We're going to party till, you know, we drop. And it's like <laughs> saying, maybe that's not my way, but. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for sort of for the journey. So they, I thought there were some interesting sort of yeah touches in it, and I liked it a lot. Right. So how many stars would we give Living? Yeah, I'd give it a four. I think yeah, it's sensitively done, well done, convincingly played by Bill Nye. You can you believe in him because sometimes he can go into certain not stick. Sort of, yeah, I mean, I mean the yeah, film Bill, Bill, Bill Nye Bill Nye yeah. can have a stick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has. I mean, he, he's underplaying this. I think yeah. underplaying this works for this role. Have you ever seen the Lighthouse Golem? Do you remember that the Lighthouse Golem? Yes, the, 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 the Limehouse, the yeah. Limehouse, the Limehouse Golem. Lime Lime that yeah. film sucked. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he can. He has done some really. He does this sort of, you know, quiet man of desperation. Of this sort of with hidden desperation, doesn't he? Quite well, but he can also do the sort of his love actually sort of Bill Nighy. Yes. Turn. Yeah, and the, I think the... this is a bit like Emma Thompson. She can do drama really well. But then sometimes she'll do this turn that is so big and broad. You're yeah. thinking, are you doing the panto version of this film? Or have I missed something? Yes. And so I think he can um, go into uh... panto land if he's not careful. But in this, he plays it spot on. Yes, spot on. okay. Good, good brought Emma Thompson, Matilda the Musical. Bad brought Emma Thompson. That Wham! film, Last Christmas. Or the film oh, that was yeah. sold as a Wham film, but had nothing to do with Wham whatsoever. <laughs> and there's that one I saw where about the neighbours, the he, she, she played Lily James's mum. 
What's oh, love got to do? What's oh, love oh, what's love got it? to do with it? Yeah, what's yeah, love got to do was, with it? Yeah, she was in full panto mode in that one. Yeah, um, and so it's just like you know, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think full panto mode is especially if they're doing an accent can go wrong <laughs> can, can go wrong and, and I, I think no, i think I'm... i think bill nye does have like certain you know how they they have these things like uh, there's like this video youtube videos you find of like you know things an actor does in every film and it's like yeah. bruce willis looking confused um harrison ford pointing brad brad pitt eating and Roger yeah, Moore, but, Roger Moore, winking his eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, R- Roger Moore raising the <laughs> eyebrow. <laughs> like, that, that kind of, and it's, and I think with Bill Nye, there's always sometimes this kind of like, uh, you know, aged, aged rocker. Um, yeah, there is thing. that. Like, like, yeah, I, I used to do a lot of cocaine back in the day. <laughs> kind of like that, that, that you get with Bill, and he can. Yeah, and there's sometimes you can go down that whole slightly twinkly with a younger woman, where he's a bit like, you know, hey, yes. I'm an older man, but I've still got it. And it's yes. like, no, don't do that. Don't do that yeah. creepy Bill Nye. And so he, he, even though there was like this vibe where at one point you see him spending a lot of time with the younger woman who used to work for him, they, yeah. they, they navigate that well. Because I'm thinking, don't turn this into something creepy because that would just be like, yeah, oh, no. I'm thinking of a film called Wild Target with, with Bill Nye, Rupert Grint and Emily Blunt. And you have essentially that with Bill Nye and Emily Blunt. And it's a bit... Mm. <laughs> but i mean okay i mean live your life but mm. uh, so anyway so that's four stars for a living now i know you guys are uh, sean you, you you have that fist thing where you want to yeah, say I'm, something I'm, I'm gonna head off no no i'm gonna head off in a minute but yeah carry yeah. on i was just gonna yeah. say i know you guys are on tenter hooks i know it's so hard to say this week but who do you think has won netflix or <laughs> cinema well uh, it's gotta be netflix like by zillions this week i think yeah, Netflix, Netflix. On an average, Netflix has four stars this week, and this week, cinema only has two point five. Surprisingly, yeah, because Joyride so, took a bazooka to cinema this week, didn't it? Joyride took a bazooka, <laughs> which Tom Cruise probably would have jumped on and, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> and yeah. ridden. And, 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 <laughs> he would have caught it out of the air and just diverted it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, and and I think and, I, and to be honest with you, looking at the the star rating of Mission Impossible this week, I think Tom Cruise did do that, and even that was not enough to save cinema this week. So this week we've had a better time at home than we have done at cinema. So until next week, when I might finally get to see Elemental, uh, it's a goodbye from me. Uh, it's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for joining us. Get in touch with us on something. Nothing with cinema on all social media things. Bye. Bye.